0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, my name is Bex and welcome to Getting Emotional. Every week on this podcast, I'll be discovering a brand new emotion. Or rather, I'll tell you about an emotion you may well have felt but had no idea there was a name for. This week... It's Mono no aware. There's a section on your Facebook profile where you can change your favourite quotes. Or is it quotations? I'm never too sure. I doubt many people actually use or even update the section anymore. It's kind of, I think, a hangover from the beginnings of Facebook about 15 years ago. And when I joined the book, as uh, no one calls it, I agonised over what quotes should be put in there. I ended up with settling on a lyric from The Stone Roses, a line from Father Ted, and this from Jonathan Coe's book The Rain Before It Falls. Alright, I'll try not to sound too pretentious as I'm reading this to you, but uh, no promises. Here we go. There is nothing one can say, I suppose, about happiness that has no flaws, no blemishes, and no fault lines. None, that is, except the certain knowledge that it will have to come to an end. Now, that is basically a long-winded way of me one, showing you how cool I was 15 years ago, pretty good quote, am I right? And two, explaining the Japanese emotion of mono no aware. It translates into the pathos of things, or an empathy towards things, or, my personal favourite and least useful translation, the arness of things. Now, I am aware they are not particularly helpful as descriptions, so I will do my own for you. I mean, it's it's literally what this podcast is about, I suppose. It's really a bittersweet feeling, seeing wonderful things happen in life, but kind of also knowing that none of it is permanent. You become both sad and also appreciative of the passing stages of life. It's the kind of feeling you might have when you're looking out the window, seeing the trees change as the seasons progress, marvelling at how beautiful it is, but also being quite sadly reminded that time is marching on. Those green leaves will soon be falling from the trees, and then they'll be blown away, and then they'll become compost and all! You know what, it's got very, very circle of life in here, hasn't it? Sorry about that, I'm just a big Lion King fan. Having said that, referencing the changing of the seasons is quite a good example, if I do say so myself, because mono no aware is mostly referred to in Japanese culture when explaining the national fascination with their cherry blossom trees. They blossom every year and they are incredibly valued. But that's not necessarily because they're the most beautiful trees around, it's more because uh, the blossoms only last a week or two. It's their transience that's so beguiling. Side note, the sentence it's their transience that's so beguiling is the most impressive thing I've ever written or said. With all of this in mind, I decided to find out a little bit more from somebody who'd actually grown up in the Japanese culture and knew this phrase much better than I did. My
1: name is Noaka and I am living in Tokyo and currently I am a freelance interpreter working mainly in the theater industry and when i'm not interpreting i'm a silsmith
0: brilliant stuff so um now i first of all i have to ask you how do i pronounce this properly how do i pronounce this emotion properly
1: mono no aware because i was the proper pronunciation
0: <laughs> yeah i was really anglicizing it and calling it uh, mono no aware which is uh, very very british <laughs> yes yes it's mono no aware and it sounds much more beautiful uh, in your language, Snoko. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about this emotion? Yes, I think it does best describe Japanese
1: sentiment. But it's actually a quite old phrase. And it goes back to uh, Heian period with literature. That's where it
0: comes from. Um, so the emotion itself is, I guess, it's kind of about happiness and sadness. Can you explain it a little bit for us? Yes, it's
1: finding sort of um pleasure and beauty in something that has a very short short life the most obvious example i think would be cherry blossoms because um they they bloom in the springtime and they have a very short life and because it doesn't last forever i think japanese find beauty in its sort of delicate and you know,
0: frail, fragile things. It is such a beautiful emotion and um, it's the kind of thing that I heard and I was like, oh, of course, that makes perfect sense. Um, Is it something that you've kind of, did you just know, because I asked you about it and you just seemed to, you'd heard this emotion before. Is it something that's kind of in the culture already?
1: Yes, it's very much in the culture
0: and I think it's really in the blood of the
1: Japanese. And I think it's because we've got very uh, distinct seasons. So, um you know spring you have cherry blossoms like i've just explained and then you have a very uh, short rain season for about a month and then you know sizzling summer which is very humid and then suddenly you have a quite dry autumn and then winter we have snow and it's very very dry so we have this very distinct seasons so all the plants animals you know, food. Everything is quite seasonal, so I think we sort of find beauty and pleasure in sort of short-lived things.
0: Sonoko also told me something that I didn't know about Japanese weather forecasts.
1: Everyone is is so concerned about when is a cherry blossom is going to bloom and even you know the weather forecast on telly they would be saying every day it's not yet here and because our country is very vertical you know from down south it's quite tropical weather and then all the way up the north you have you know heavy snow and very thick snow so because our country is really long vertically so it starts down south and then it gradually works upwards towards the northern part of japan And um, they would actually do that on weather forecast every day and everybody's focusing and really anticipating and getting really excited about cherry blossoms. (laughs) And they really appreciate and celebrate this flower in full bloom. And it only lasts for about a week and then it's gone and we're like, you know, bittersweet and it was beautiful and we look forward to it, you know, next year. It's quite funny how how obsessed we are with with cherry blossoms, I think.
0: Do you think you felt something like this before about about Japanese uh, seasons and weather? have you Have you felt this emotion?
1: I think so. For example, my favorite fireworks in Japan, fireworks are very popular, especially in the summertime. And when you say fireworks, you imagine this, you know, huge, magnificent fireworks in the sky. But there's this um, handcrafted Japanese traditional firework that's made of, like, Japanese washi, Japanese paper. And it's just a twisted piece of paper with a tiny bit of um, powder, firework powder at the very end. And you light it and you hold it in your hand, like dangle it straight down. And it gives out little sparkles and at the very tip of it, um, a molten ball forms. And then after a while, it sort of dies, dies off and it's very short, but very, very delicate and fragile and beautiful. And that's my favorite firework, but I think for a lot of people in Japan, they love that. Firework as well. It's called Senko Hanabi and it's very, very beautiful. So I suppose rather than like very, very, you know, magnificent, huge firework that, you know, lasts for 30 minutes in the sky, you sort of like this little dainty firework that you enjoy for, you know, less than a minute, holding, you know, handheld. Maybe that's. One of... one or not I
0: too, I think. What a beaut story. Thank you so much to Sunoco for sharing that with us and also for teaching me how to actually correctly pronounce the emotion I'm doing a podcast about. So the thing is, I live miles and miles away from any cherry blossom trees. The nearest tree to me right now is a houseplant uh, that is mostly dead because I forgot to water it. But even without Monty Don-esque affinity for plants... I still recognise this emotion, it's something I've definitely felt, but elsewhere, in a non-god and centre setting. And look, I'm not saying I'm some kind of scholarly genius, <clears throat> but the 18th century Japanese scholar Maturi Norinaga agreed, and argued that mono no aware was more than a feeling, it's almost a type of knowledge. It's also such a powerful idea that it has inspired art, um, often based on the cherry trees I mentioned earlier, and poetry, philosophy, manga, films, even literature. My personal favourite is Ken Liu's Hugo Award-winning short sci-fi story. It's called Mono no Aware, and it's about the survivors of planet Earth looking for a new home. So even though this emotion is massively linked into nature, I think it goes deeper than that a buddhist priest yoshida kenko once wrote if man were never to fade away like the jews of adashino never to vanish like the smoke over torobiyama how things would lose their power to move us sorry i almost inspired myself there i got very uh very in the moment and don't worry that is the last of the quotes in today's show so here's the thing i guess in a broader sense Mono no aware is all about appreciating the fleeting moments around us. Maybe seeing your child walk for the first time. Maybe watching the sunset. Maybe just hanging out with your friends. And knowing that the moment is is not bound to last for too long. So take it in, and don't be too sad when it's over. This is getting emotional That was Mono no Aware, and big thank you to Sunoko for chatting to me. Also, thank you to you for listening. Please do rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, get emotional, and find me on Twitter at GetEmotionalPod. See you next time.